Welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Yes, we are back. Welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where I always tell you to avoid the downs and savor the ups, both in your life and in your connection to the law. Well, of course, this makes sense, doesn't it, guys? Avoid the downs. That's not good stuff. And savor the good times, savor the ups. As you know, today is Friday, so the show is Fender Bender Fridays, where I talk about injuries and accidents and things where people get hurt. And I so appreciate, I have seen many people going to my website, The Legal Merry-Go-Round, where when you go there, you can download any number of free reports, and there are others also available. So please take a moment and check that out, and thank you for those who have and for those who are considering and will do the legal merrygoround.com last friday you remember i talked about going to bars and being careful when you're around bouncers because those are people that you just don't need to have any contact with today i'm going to talk about the same thing but in a different context Last week, last Friday's show of the Fender Bender Fridays was about bouncers maybe overstepping and hurting people, doing too much. Today, we're going to flip the clock around and talk about bouncers not doing enough, the claim of inadequate security where people get hurt, claiming that the bar, the restaurant, the business and their employees, the bouncers or the security guards, didn't do enough and should have done more to prevent them from getting hurt. So I've got two cases here today that I want to talk about. And as always, after I introduce these cases, we're going to take a little break. And then I'm going to come back in the second half of the show and give you the results and tell you what happened and why. And all throughout this, I'm going to try and explain the law to you a little bit so that you'll know and you'll be forewarned and you'll be protected and you'll be able to act in a way that you, as I always tell you, avoid the downs and savor the ups. So enjoy your restaurant and bar uh, entertainment and uh, occasions of celebration and just routine going out. Okay, inadequate security at a bar. David in Albuquerque, New Mexico went to a sports bar to meet some friends. And at this sports bar, they had a whole crowd there that uh, you might have heard this term, skinheads. They were uh, part of a group of people that identify themselves as skinheads. There's a whole subculture. And in the course of being there for a bit, uh, David and his friends get into a verbal uh, confrontation with this skinheads group. And this was actually at David's table. So they weren't even the protagonists or the antagonists or whatever the appropriate word is. I should know that I'm a lawyer. 
They were minding their own business and the skinheads came over to them. So David and his friends, being intelligent folks, they said, you know what? This, this uh, bar fair isn't uh, that wonderful that we got to stay here and put up with this. Let's, let's, we're, let's go. We're out of here. So they, they all get up and one and to leave, and one of the skinheads follows them. And a fight breaks out in the parking lot uh, where David is beaten pretty severely. He suffers a fractured skull and a subdural hematoma, that's a brain bleed, that required emergency brain surgery. So this guy, David, he was, uh, just for what it's worth, he was a bartender. And so I think that might have given him some more experiences to kinds of things that happen in bars, and he knows just walk away, that's the best course. Um, He's now permanently disabled with executive function impairment. That means he's not thinking the right way. Permanent injury in in his cognitive ability. I'm going to share with you what happens uh, when we come back from the break, but you might imagine that the case, when it was filed, the lawsuit goes forward, the bar is claiming that they're not responsible because this you know, this happened outside of the bar and in a parking lot, and that's not their responsibility. All right. So now I have a second case I want to share with you. And this is actually in uh, Neptune Beach, Neptune Beach in Florida. Uh, I've been to Florida many times. I don't know where Neptune Beach is. I guess I could look it up. I'm sure it's a very wonderful place. Most of the places in Florida are. That is, if you're not getting hit by hurricanes and tornadoes and all kinds of other fun stuff that nature provides. But moving along, We've got Joshua at a place called Pete's Bar in Neptune Beach, Florida. And at closing time, uh, when other uh, patrons are leaving, uh, as is Joshua, a verbal altercation uh, occurs at right at the exit when they're walking out of the, the bar. So this leads to a physical fight, again, in a parking lot outside of the bar. During this fight outside... Uh, David, uh, excuse me, uh, Joshua is punched and he falls and hits his head on the pavement. This is a 30-year-old guy, Joshua, who loses consciousness. Rescuers find him unresponsive on the ground with a Glasgow coma score of three. That's the lowest possible score out of 15. So for those of you who are not medically Uh, trained or don't know what that is or have never heard of it, let me just take a sidestep here and explain it. That's pretty serious. Uh, You know, the techs that that attend to you, the people in the the ambulances, the rescue squad, whatever, they have the ability, and they always do when there's head trauma, to administer curbside tests, if you will, right there on the scene without tools or diagnostics to determine your level of consciousness and your ability to respond and remember. And if you get all those tests right, you get a score of 15, which basically means that, oh, good, there's really no brain injury here or problem with your head. The lower the number, the more serious it is. So folks, uh, a score of three is pretty serious. And in fact, this was. Joshua is taken to a hospital, uh, doctors diagnosed a left uh, a brain bleed uh, with numerous other problems. He had uh, fractures of his jaw, uh, and he, the description is that his pupil on his right eye was blown, uh, meaning that uh, you know there was no responsiveness in the eye. It was in a fixed, dilated state. 
So he undergoes brain surgery, a craniotomy to relieve excessive brain swelling, uh, and another procedure to uh, assist and fix his eye, if you will. Well, two months or so after being in the hospital, he's discharged to an inpatient uh, rehab facility where he undergoes extensive speech, occupational, and physical therapy. At that point, uh, he had medical expenses of over $1.3 million. He is still suffering from right-sided body weakness, seizures. He can't express himself or answer questions or carry on any type of conversation. He's constantly being required to take anti-seizure medication, and he requires a walker vision loss in the right eye, and no memory virtually at all, and even particularly about the incident. So his family files a lawsuit on his behalf against uh, against Pete's bar, and they um, claim that there is no uh, training, uh, inadequate training, uh, permitting the verbal altercation that took place uh, to escalate into a physical fight. Uh, they also claim that the bar failed to provide adequate security guards to control the premises, both inside and out, knowing that there had been fights in the bar and outside in the parking lot previously. So the claim by the bar uh, that it was outside and they're not responsible for what happens outside the family for Joshua claims that's irrelevant uh, because the bar has a duty to protect its patrons inside and outside of its uh, right outside of its doors. Well, in these types of cases, you know, you're a jury, you a juror, you want to hear from the victim, right? Wasn't allowed here. That's how bad he was. The court ruled he was not competent to testify. It didn't even allow playing of his videotaped deposition uh, that consisted mainly of yes or no answers to the questions that were asked to him. Well, the court has to uh, uh, listen to all the evidence, and at the end of all the evidence, as you know, the jury goes out and makes a decision as to how much compensation, if any, uh, Joshua is entitled to. Now, if you listened again last week, uh, to the situations that I presented, the cases I presented then and told you about where the bar was responsible uh, because their bouncers did too much. Again, these are claims where the bar didn't do enough. And last week, I also explained about a law that's in five states. It's called contributory negligence. That law means that if you are even 1% at fault for your own injuries, you get zero even though the other at-fault party is 99% at fault. It's a very harsh law. Lawyers in all these five states that have this contributory negligence laws hate it. They're constantly going to their state's legislatures and trying to get the law changed. And the change would be to a law called comparative negligence. Comparative negligence, just as the word sounds, you compare so if somebody, let's just say, is 10% responsible for their own injury, well, if they then win $10,000 and they're 10% responsible, the 10%, in this example, would be 1000 they would only collect or win 9000 because they were 10% responsible in that example. 
So in this particular case, the bar here, um, this Pete's bar in uh, Neptune Beach, Florida, claims that Joshua was an antagonist and he was responsible and uh, for you know causing the fight and the uh, the altercation inside the bar, claiming that they're not responsible because he is. He provoked it. He's uh, the one who caused all the problems. And uh, and by the way, it's it's uh, we're not responsible for anything that happens outside of our doors. So when we come back after the break, I am going to share with you the results of these two cases and let you know what happened. Don't go far. This is a most interesting story I want to share before I get to the break. I promise it's going to be short, but you're going to shake your head just as I did. Did you ever uh, see on the TV commercials, it might be, uh, might be that I'm dating myself, the Ginsu knives. So after they share, you know, the Ginsu knives and what you can get, then there's, and there's more. And then they tell you what more is. And then there's more. Okay, so here we go. A wealthy husband, in an effort to avoid paying his wife in a divorce process, uh, he lives on the East Coast of the United States, lists his income as $1.5 million. At the end of the divorce process, uh, we find out, or the wife finds out, that he actually has another family on the West Coast in Seattle. And he went by a different name. And interestingly enough, he had an additional $14 million salary. So you say, well, how did, how did she find this out? So the Seattle wife posted a picture on Facebook and tagged him with his West Coast name. The East Coast wife posted a similar photograph of him, but the facial recognition software in Facebook tagged him with his West Coast name. Gotcha! Okay, well, here is the... Uh, Here's the fun part, the Ginsu Knives analogy. There is more. Turns out he has a third wife and two children in the Czech Republic, and he had moved to the United States to avoid family court, and there's still an extradition warrant out for him. Oh, my, 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 my. What, one wife and two kids in the Czech Republic isn't enough? Just because you got to pay some money, you move across the pond, and you get married twice and two different... Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's the uh, that's the ups and downs, the uh, the merry-go-round of life, as they say. I'll be back after the break. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. 
So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to the legalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. I am back here, and now I will share what happened to these people who were claiming the bars that they were at didn't provide enough security, enough protection. Yes, you have been sitting on the edge of your seat. I know that. Hey, hey, you guy, you guy there in the back. Okay, calm down. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. So the first one, David at the Albuquerque, New Mexico place, um, the fractured skull brain bleed that that, that, that required immediate surgery. The guy was a bartender, earned about 40 grand a year. Uh, I suggested that he probably knew better because of his experience. So when the skinhead person or group came over to his table with his friends, they just decided, you know what, let's get out of here. Then he was uh, accosted and attacked in the parking lot. So this is a situation where the defense argued that the beating was sudden and unforeseeable and that David uh, was a uh, an antagonist. He was the one who started the whole argument in the bar and that they were not responsible because it was outside. So what do you think? Does that argument hold on any water? <clears throat> not even close. The jury awarded $10 million to David, who's permanently injured now, of course, um, apportioning liability at 70% to the bar and the rest to the assailant. So in these types of cases, even though the, the, the skinhead guy uh, is responsible for uh, that high percentage of the 10 million, the 30%, the likelihood of collecting from him is probably zero. And in these jurisdictions, virtually all of them across the United States, they have what is called joint and several liability. So that if you are responsible for any of it, that means you're responsible for all of it. And then it's up to the bar to go back to the other people who might be equally responsible and try and collect. So yeah, I don't think the bar is going to collect any money from the uh, the skinhead group. Let's go to number two. Number two. The number two case was uh, in uh, Pete's bar in uh, Neptune Beach, Florida, where Joshua had an extraordinary, extraordinary injury, leaving him permanently impaired, cognitively impaired, so bad that he wasn't even allowed to testify in his own trial against Pete's bar for not having enough security. Again, the the bar argued that the security was adequate and the establishment was a family bar that dated back to 1933. Yeah, so what? So Big deal. Uh, that wouldn't have pressed me at all as a defense. The bar also argued that it didn't owe any duty of care because the incident, again, occurred off the premises. Therefore, they claimed 
that the plaintiff and the others who were not patrons at the time didn't deserve security or protection from them. Finally, the bar argues that uh, David, uh, excuse me, I keep calling him David. David was the guy from the first case. This is Joshua. Uh, the bar argued that Joshua was, into- uh, Joshua was intoxicated at the time and that he may have attempted uh, to break up the fight by voluntarily in- injecting himself into the brawl. Well, so what do you think happened? Of course, you know what happened. The jury awarded $18.74 million dollars indicating that the bar is 60% responsible and 40% to, uh, to Joshua. So they did buy some of that, the jury, that, that you know, maybe his intoxication led to you know, him being injured and uh, he didn't have to get involved in the fray, uh, but he did. So the net award to him after you take away the 40% was about $11.25 million. <sighs> All right. So, you know, I get to stand up on a soapbox and pontificate a little bit. Again, you know, going out, that's fun. That's what we do. We we don't just sit home and, you know, watch TV. Well, I don't know. Maybe some of us do. But those of us who, um, you know, who enjoy being out, where do we go? We go to we go to restaurants. We go to bars. That's one of the things we do in the evenings, on the weekends, you know. And getting involved in, you know, ugly stuff, I mean, just don't. You know, be like the guy who was the bartender who knew, you know, how things can escalate and just pick yourself up and leave. You know, not too many will necessarily follow you out and then, uh, you know, give you a blow that puts you on the ground and leaves you permanently brain damaged. That's that's just a rarity, but it's just not worth sticking around if there's an escalating, you know, uh, verbal confrontation and if there's anything physical, you know, leave that's my advice. It's just not worth getting involved. The legal merry-go-round. What do, what do I name that this, this show in that way for? Because it is a, an analogy to life's ups and downs with the merry-go-round going up and down. And so you don't need the down. Just get off the horse, Fred. Get off the horse, Sally. Leave the merry-go-round down and savor another day when when it's up. Thank you all again for listening. I really appreciate sincerely your ear for this half hour or so that you've listened to me. Take a moment. Go to the website, thelegalmerrygoround.com, and you can download all measure of very interesting and needed free reports on all measure of legal things. And if I can help you, I'm a resource anywhere in the country for free referrals to attorneys if you need legal help. We'll be back on Monday for Marital Mondays. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations. Thank you.